Welcome to an industry in transition, the must listen to podcast for financial advisors and industry leaders from Tony Siriani, the CEO and publisher of Advisor Hub, where we explore the week's news and events and put our ever-changing business into perspective. Tony is joined each week by industry leaders, mavericks, and disruptors who give their take on our industry and their thoughts on where we are headed. If you want to remain relevant, you can't miss it. Now, here's your host, Tony Siriani. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Industry in Transition Zoom call. I am thrilled to have Tom Sagasor, who's president of uh, U.S. Wealth Management for RBC. Uh, thanks for being here, Tom. Appreciate it. Well, it's an absolute pleasure, Tony. And, you know, uh, I've, I've been watching you for so long. <laughs> I was, you know, hoping to be able to do this in person with you, but I'm going to do it right here from the confines of our brand new building in Minneapolis, otherwise known as the RVC Gateway Building. Uh -huh. So hopefully you can kind of make out that Leo the Lion behind me, which is the mascot for the RVC Enterprise. Well, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're here. And I think everyone's going to uh, love getting to know you a little bit because I have a little bit and you're a lot of fun to, to uh, be with. Um, I, I think, you know, there are... Yeah, there are questions. You, you guys are you guys are doing a lot. I mean, there's a lot going on. I've, we've been tracking in the news, of course, all the new hires and stuff like that. And our industry is still in the midst of these changes, right? And this this fundamental shift. People are moving from you know wirehouses to you know independence. Uh, but there's more than that going on. It's more like this ethos of independence. You know, the primacy of the client, the advisor being put first by firms, all this sort of cultural stuff has sort of moved everybody to the middle. And there's a lot of firms in the middle. A lot of you know, I would put you know, you see the Jannies, the Steeples, the Regionals, as, as well as the structured independent firms like the Stewards and the Dyn. I want to know where you guys fit. You know, I think the people are, where are you in that, in that, in that mix? Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. right. <laughs> and so one of the things I, I think that's important to understand is I, I just want to go back to the foundation seven years ago and what, well, yeah, great, you know, great guy and just, you know, born and raised in the Midwest uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And everybody thought, Oh my gosh, he's coming from a wirehouse, a wall street guy for 25 years. But the reality is, he is just, you know, born and bred in the Midwest and very much like us and our culture. But here's one thing that happened, Tony, and this is really paramount because when he asked me what our lifeblood was, I said, you know, what we pride ourselves on is culture. What does that culture represent? Well, that culture represents something that's really important. The lifeblood of the business is the financial advisor client experience. And so from how, do, you know, where do we fit? Well, we realized at that point in time that, you know, there were a lot of firms that were moving to the call center business. Yeah. There were firms that were moving to, you know, own the data intelligence, right? AI, you know, everybody wanted to have the next best action capability for the client. And we saw the robotic side of the business and everybody was, you know, robo this and robo that. Now, what we believe from a culture standpoint, is that the foundation and the business imperative of our process is financial advisor client experience. Not just the client, not just the financial advisor, it's both. Okay, when you look at that, who promotes that better than us in the industry today? I don't think there are many. Or from a competitive standpoint, how do we position ourselves? Well, 
think about how we've invested into the business. So when you ask me, where do we line up? How do we line up? Yeah. Well, think about where our investments have been made. We are digitally enabling the financial advisor client experience. And I believe second to none in the industry. How do we do that? We do that through renovating our advisory platform, renovating our securities-based lending platform, and finding fintech solutions that can help us in that regard. Yeah, the, the expectations are really high today for fintech. Yep. I mean, because you know, you it used to be when I started off at a warehouse, you know, thirty something years ago. I mean, we used to be able to tell everybody. At least we have you know computers. You guys don't. Even, you guys got pink sheets. You know, we got actually have computers. So that was, it was a huge differentiator, and that has sort of dropped over time as things have become commoditized a little bit in the in the uh, uh, you know the financial you know tech space. I mean, so it's a big deal that you guys are, are competing in there. Oh, Tony, absolutely. I'll give you some stats. You're going to love these because you're a data guy. So you're going to love these stats. If six years ago, our households that were managed by the U.S. wealth management business of RBC, less than 2% had a wealth plan. Hmm. And when we looked at that stat, we couldn't believe it. Today, over 40% of our households have a wealth plan. Wealth plan at RBC US Wealth Management is powered by Money Guide Pro. What we did, Tony, is we went out and found the best FinTech solution that could create that FA client experience that we believe is second to none. Why? Because we believe in the entrepreneurial spirit of the financial advisor. Now, we've done that in many areas of our business. And so we're going to continue to digitally enable a FA client experience that we believe is second to none. And the only way to do that is to invest into it. So, so we are investing heavily into that FA client experience. Well, it's interesting because your, 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 your take on, on the FinTech is to, is, is with an entrepreneurial bent, right? So that's interesting to me because you, I see an attack on entrepreneurialism in, in, our, in our, our business. You know, there's, 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 there's an attack on it. There's, there's, you know, making advisors sort of everybody's got to fit into this mold. And if you don't do things this way, how is that good for clients where we're, we're somebody's saying you got to do everything the same way? And they're doing that with teams, Tom. They're doing it with the legal ways they sort of keep people and, and bind them. They're, they're putting everybody into, into brackets that how can you be an entrepreneur? And isn't that how this thing is built? Oh, you're absolutely right. So, Tony, this is what makes you good is because you know how to relate to the advisor and the client both. And, and so when you ask that question, like what is good for the client, right? Well, I can tell you this, we all have been through a lot of you know, challenges when it comes to trying to figure out how to put products and services and capabilities in front of the client, right? Some people have tried to do it direct. Some people have tried to do it low cost. Some people have tried to do it in, in pure digital form. Here's the reality. We are in a human capital business. Human capital is more important than anything we have because that's what creates the experience. And what we believe in terms of celebrating that entrepreneurial you know, uh, experience of the advisor and the entrepreneurial spirit, we believe that they are a business inside a business. Yeah. What we want to do is be a support mechanism for them. You know, a lot of businesses, Tony, you're, you're gonna love, I'm gonna use my shelf analogy, okay? So you gotta hang with me on this one. Here's what we believe. We believe that we're going to build the shelf. And on that shelf, we are going to put products, capabilities, services, advisory platform, technology, infrastructure, app dev. 
as an entrepreneur, the financial advisor gets to walk over to that shelf and pull whatever they need or desire from that shelf. We're not a push mentality. We're not going to push products. We're not going to push services. We are going to provide and we are going to encourage. And I think that separates us and differentiates in the marketplace. So from a competitive standpoint, I always go back to where do we want to be and what do we want to be? And let me tell you something, what we want to be is a good partner because that's what financial advisors are looking for. And by the way, what we do better than anybody is we recruit our own. Yes, we've had record years in terms of recruiting external advisors from, you know, whether it be the wirehouses or the regionals. But Tony, every day I wake up, I think about the people that are on my platform today. And I think, what can we do to recruit our own and make sure that I earn the right, we earn the right to be their partner. That's, that's, you know, the, the advice I give everybody. And, you know, I, I consult on recruiting for big firms and all that kind of stuff. Recruit your guys first. If you, if you do that and you got to have, you, you know, you and I have been in this business a long time. You walk into an office, you can tell in 10 seconds, is this a happy place or is this, this a bad place? Is it, is it a downer or, or is everybody happy? There's a vibe, there's an energy. And if you recruit your own guys first, it, advisors are going to walk into that office and say, hey, I want to be here. These are all good Absolutely. people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Tony, here's a good question for you. Okay, so when you look at that, is that truly, you've seen so many firms and so, you know, whether it be the RIAs or the broker dealers or, tell me this, when you look at culture, is it defined by the FA client experience or is it defined by the performance? Yeah, you know, uh, it's an interesting question, but if you if you take care of one, it should take care of the other, right? So if you, if you take care of the FA client stuff, the, the it's not that performance doesn't matter. It's just that everybody's happy. There's a very good, um, uh, a very good advisor that I speak to all the time, and she's you know great. She got a great business, and she said tells me her phone never rings. It doesn't ring. You go in the office, it's very calm. There's not a lot going on because they do their outreach to their clients. They're doing all their planning. And when bad things happen, they've already planned for it. They've explained this is going to happen. That's going to happen. It's a really tight business. You know, they're worried about sending a birthday card because they got everything else, you know, wired tight. So, you know, that, that's a happy office to be that's in. That's a happy office. And I always tell people, you know what, make sure when your clients leave the office or leave that meeting, that Zoom call, that WebEx, whatever it is, Make sure they have a peace of mind. And you know how a client has a peace of mind? They have a plan. Whether the markets are going up, sideways, or down, if the client walks away feeling like they've got a plan, they'll have a peace of mind. And guess what? That peace of mind is as good as anything you can provide a household or a client. Well, we're, we're earning our money now. That kind of brings up another question. There's a fair amount of headwinds, right? So we've got inflation, which is something that maybe you and I are old enough to remember (laughs) those guys, but a lot of people don't, you know, and it's new people are forgotten. So we have inflation today. We're actually talking on election day. So there's, you know, there, there's issues there with taxes and and all these other things, you know, things you just don't know about. And uh, there's real, you know, some political stuff in terms of regulation of our business and and new rules coming and things. So there are headwinds for advisors. Some of the things you can plan for some, you can't. No, absolutely. Um, so one of the things that we've really honed in on is, you know, this, this whole wealth plan. Yeah. And so it's interesting. I was in Philadelphia last week and I was in Southern California the week before, New York the week before, just visiting with advisors. And we were talking about kind of what our goals are around practice management, because we want to see our advisors, 
you know, get as much help and support to their business and their own models. So here's what an advisor said to me in Philadelphia last week. You know, I had a really large client call me and a client called me and said, you know, how am I on my score? And the advisor said, wait, wait, what? On my score, you know, on my wealth plan, I have a score and I was in the green zone, the green zone to meet my goals and objectives for retirement. Am I still in the green zone? Client didn't ask about performance. Yeah. Client didn't ask where the dynamics of the market were. The client wanted to understand whether they were still on pace to meet their goals and objectives. We have transformed our business at RBC US Wealth Management. And when I hear stories like that, it warms my heart sure. because that's a client that's happy. But that's also an advisor who's, who's doing their job. They're earning their pay. I mean, now it's easy when things are, when the market's up 30%, you know, geez, we're all geniuses, you know, now, but you can't rely on it. You, you rely on numbers, you end up with, uh, you know, problem. I think that's one of the things that, you know, the large institutionalized businesses need to understand, you know, it's, it's really not a numbers thing. It's aware, it's got to be individualized for each client. Absolutely. And what we've also experienced is, you know, as we talk about the celebrating the entrepreneurial experience and, and the entrepreneurial spirit of the FA, every FA does it differently when it comes yeah. to service. That's their differentiating factor. And so again, when I talk about the shelf, I want to create a shelf that can be, you know, utilized in many different ways, whether it be technology utilization or practice management, or as we just talked about teams, right? How do you team build? How do you create a service model inside a team, right? All these different factors we have to be prepared for because as a partner, we have to be able to support any type of model that is chosen by a successful FA or FA team. So it's interesting because you talk a little bit about, you know, look, you guys have had a big recruiting year in the face of all this, you know, volatility and uncertainty and inflation and advisors are still... You know, I look at the recruiting as you know, advisors are kind of voting with their feet, right? So they go, they go where they want to go. And you talk to you, and you know, look, this is a, we're ten minutes into this thing, and and you could tell your guy who's got a lot of enthusiasm, and you're pumped up, and that's a place you want to be. But you and I know that if you get an advisor who's a jerk, his clients are going to be jerks. You tend to attract your own. You know what I mean? So these, these smart, hardworking advisors have nice clients who appreciate the work and everything that gets that gets done. So this recruiting has got to be part of a, a choice, right? It can't, it can't be for everybody. It's got to be for people who understand where you, you know, who want to take stuff off the shelf versus people who just say, give me a check. No, you're absolutely right. In fact, um, one of the things that you highlighted here a second ago was um, just, you know, kind of the fact of, of recruiting our own, right? And you, yeah. you said something that's really important. And that is, we're not only does recruit your own show you that you care, show them that you care, because they don't know what you, you know, first of all, you know, the old saying, right? They don't care what you know until they know you care. Okay. <laughs> That's number one. And guess what? We start every initiative with our own. And it, it leads to, you know, when I say accountability, yeah, that's great, but performance, I'll tell you how. Our attrition is the lowest in the industry, has been for the last six years. Why? Because they know we care. How do they know we care? Because we invest into their FA client experience. If, we, if you heavily invest into the, 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 the areas that are concerning to them and they get response, well, guess what? That's, that creates that partnership that I keep talking about. I don't want to be a firm with employees. 
I want to be a place where people say RBC is the destination where I want to retire. Yeah, you're making, you know what, you're making too much sense. There, there, you, it's too much, too much common sense. It's so funny when I, when we see this stuff, and I've written about this, as you know, with, uh, with these large firms that make these, they're suing their brokers for this, they're suing them, you know, they're chasing them around for that. And I'm like, if you just spent the same amount of money, make your, your firm a place people don't want to leave, just make them happy and you won't have these problems. But they Tony, can't you know, see it. It's true. You know, I have the same, you know what I always tell our leadership? RBC is the last best place to work. And don't forget it, you know, because that's that's what we do. We try to make sure that everybody understands. You know, I think about some of the initiatives around our diversity and inclusion right now, yeah. Tony, I think we're at, you know, probably the, the forefront in many areas. Listen, all of us in the industry can do better when it comes to diversity and inclusion. But one of our areas of focus is, is really, um, I, I don't know if you're, you're, I think you're familiar with FAIR, which is yeah. uh, the Financial Alliance for Racial Equity, right? So we're getting heavily involved. FAIR is this coalition of financial firms and historically black colleges and universities. And we're trying to work together to raise awareness, which creates more opportunities for financial advisors. And so, you know, whether it be um, on a go forward basis, you know, looking out to the future, but the reality is the future is important, but today it has to be grassroots. Yeah. I'm very proud of what we're doing in so many areas of the business. It's not just about FinTech, right? And creating that, but it's about creating opportunity. Well, so for here's, everyone. so a guy like you who understands this, you know, I don't know, you talk to most advisors, I'm sure in Philadelphia and California too. These are not, these guys don't come from wealthy families. I mean, you usually a financial advisor is the first wealthy person in the family, right? Or they're the <laughs> first ones who, right? Who, yeah. who did it and, and they're so proud and they want to pass it on to their kids. You know, that opportunity should be for everybody. Everybody deserves a chance to do it. And it's gotten harder to do. So, you know, my, you know, I've written a lot about this too. It's harder to do. We used to be able to cold call. That you can't do that anymore. It's very hard. So we need to bring new people in and new blood, but we got to give them a chance to, to figure out how to how to get there. And based on what we just talked about, it can't be about giving them a salary. And then all of a sudden you take the entrepreneurial part out of it and they can't make $10 million a year. So somewhere we got to figure that out, you know, how to. How yeah. to Tony, we had, we created this position called the wealth planning associate. And what we realized is that, you know, just hiring trainees and putting them into the program, sole proprietors, um, the failure rate was just too high in that regard. Yeah. So what we did was we created this WPA role. They support and help our wealth planning initiatives, again, powered by Money Guide Pro and across the system, um, gaining huge traction every day. So here's what we did. We put a diversity and inclusion expectation of 50% for our WPA role. Think of it as a paralegal, right? Working with advisors. Do you know what happens? These people come into the industry and they learn. Some of them go get their CFP, but more importantly, they get to know the advisors. And you know what the advisors do? They hire them. Hire them, of course. They hire them under <laughs> That's <team>. stupid. <laughs> and so guess what happens? It, this has been just this positive energy, which creates momentum. And so from a diversity inclusion standpoint, we're bringing more people than ever before into the business and we're creating a path forward, which is successful. And you know what happens, Tony, that success will create more success. Of course it does. And it's just good business too, because the, you know, parts of, look, when I started in the business, 
uh, told this story before too, but you know, my dad was a dentist. All my clients were Italian dentists. <laughs> my dad started the Italian Dental Society in Brooklyn. So I, those are my clients, you know, what am I supposed to do? Those, those are the guys I knew. And so I think it's the same thing for other people. And of course, those segments of the population are growing. Women and minorities are getting more money and they need help. So we're, yeah. you know, we're, you're positioning your firm in a, you know, in, in a good way. Yeah. So now listen, believe it or not, we're coming close to the end here. So I want to make sure um, that we went over everything that, that we needed to. And I, I did want to talk a little bit about where you think you guys are going to be headed in, in, in 23. You, you have had this tremendous you know, success. We've talked a little bit about how to differentiate yourself. So what, what's... You know, what's we're getting close to the end of the year here. What's what's next year? About? Yeah. So I think the first thing is, is we're, we feel really fortunate here in the U.S. RBC recognizes the U.S. as a multi-trillion dollar market yeah. opportunity. When you look at the brand of RBC in Canada, you know, they do business with one in three people. It's kind of yeah. like McDonald's in America, right? Okay. From a brand standpoint. So the goal is to grow in the U.S., there's five distinct businesses in the U.S. You've got the Capital Markets Investment Bank in New York, Wealth Management in Minneapolis. And then you've got this elite private bank, City National, based in Beverly Hills. Then you have Global Asset Management Business and the Georgia Bank. Now, here's what I would tell you. As we move forward, we want to take the U.S. businesses from you know, around $12 billion to $20 billion. And we can do that organically. We can do that by finding people that are like-kind, like-mind, and then bringing them onto our business. Now I'm associated with the wealth management business, but I will tell you this, Tony, I'm very fortunate because the light integration effort of all of these businesses in the US create an RBC USA company. And so we're excited about that. The other thing I will tell you is this, I'm most, most happy with the financial advisors that I work with every day, they're already motivated. So what I get to do is inspire them. We can inspire them through strategy. We can inspire them through compensation. We can inspire them through, you know, platform and product project opportunity. But I'm most excited as we go into 2023, the momentum that we have with our RBC Wealth Plan, which is the foundation of the plan for these households, that gives us an opportunity, Tony, to give people a peace of mind. Well, I'm going to end on that. That's a high note. I'm like, I'm like Jerry Lewis, but it goes good. Let's get the heck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I look, it was great having you on. Tom, we'll talk again. So we'll make sure that, that we have you on and, and, and thanks a lot. Thank you so much, Tony. It's a great opportunity and appreciate everything you do to make our, our, our industry a very positive one. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on An Industry in Transition. Make sure to visit our website, www.advisorhub.com, and subscribe to Advisor Hub. It's free, and you won't miss any advisor news or events. While you're on site, check out all the podcasts available. Click on the Deals Pages and Resources tab for valuable content, or check out the Markets section with its guru predictions, latest fintech offerings, you name it. Feel free to email Tony Seriani about specific questions we can address on the show. He can be reached by email at contact at advisorhub.com. Please note that all requests and questions are handled with complete discretion and confidentiality. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in next week for the next Industry in Transition episode.